Hi everyone, and welcome to the 42nd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with... Churro! Hey, y'all. I guess... I guess everybody had something else to do today, I guess. Isn't that right, Churro? It just feels so quiet, you know? It's (laughs) just... Where is everybody? It's like... Where'd everybody go? They just abandoned us. They don't like us anymore, Brandon. Yeah. So yeah, everyone listening to the podcast, it's just going to be me and Churro for the show. Do uh, not adjust your sets. Yeah, do not adjust your sets. It's going to be the man-only man broadcast. Broadcast. Oh, there we go. That's a good one. Broadcast. It's going to be the the broadcast. (laughs) So if you're not a if you're not a bro for the remainder of the show, you are an honorary bro. So, good job, everybody. (laughs) So this is kind of our um, our E three wrap-up kind of show since E3 just happened and Kingdom Hearts was there and Churro was there. So we're going to we're gonna bug Churro, let him know, all the see down, if we can get all the his... things that went down there. Yeah, let's that. get all his secrets out of him while we're at it. All right, so for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union. And we come out on the iTunes Store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Churro? KH2.co.uk Alrighty. Well, we have a three-segment show, and uh, we're going to change it up just a little bit. Um, Instead of having our news segment, we are officially calling this segment the our E3 wrap-up segment. So we're going to be talking all things E3, get an idea what Churro, what it was like from Churro. I'm sure it was crazy. I'm sure you're still recovering. <laughs> I'm, I'm still. I'm, I don't think I've recovered fully enough. And then, you know, about like two weeks later, I got to go to Anime Expo, so I don't think I'm yeah. going to recover at all. <laughs> It's gonna take gonna take a while. So our first segment, like I said, gonna be E three wrap up, which is essentially the new segment, but it's a little bit spiced up. And our second segment is gonna be our burning question. Our third segment is our question segment. As for announcements, as always, uh, stickers will be given to those who answer get well, basically get their questions answered in the question segment. And I just want to add to that, I did send out the stickers for the winners of. Uh, I think it was forty and forty-one. So, all uh, right, expect we are those up pretty to date. soon. So I've caught up. So if there's a mistake, please let me know in the forums. I will send you a new batch, or if I send you the wrong ones, I am sorry. I've been just so stressed out lately. So hopefully, yeah, you could find it in your heart to forgive me. And if you ha- and if you've received stickers and you weren't supposed supposed to receive stickers, enjoy them. Enjoy them. Yes. <laughs> Um, and just another announcement, which is sort of an announcement from last show, but just as a reminder, the burning questions uh, will still be answered in the episode release thread on Gaming Union. So there's not going to be a separate thread. It's just when it gets released, the um, release thread just answer right away, which means immediately when this podcast goes live after you listen to it, answer the burning question. Do it. Do it. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a mandate officially from Brandon, so do it. All right, so let's get this show on the road with our E3 wrap up segment. Yay! Mm. 
All right, so our first part of our E3 wrap-up segment is we're going to ask Churro here what he thought about uh, basically what you know Kingdom Hearts 3D is showing at E3. And basically all there really was at E3, other than a couple of English trailers, it was, uh, just was one a English demo. Trailer. Yeah, it was, just one. It was the... Uh, I think well, they was... also had the vignettes, those little vignette thingies. The what? You know how well they had the trailer, which was basically like the English trailer or yeah. the English Oh, you mean from the like what they showed from like Nintendo press conference? They had yeah, like that ten second yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they had a couple little things. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, but was. yeah, the main thing was uh, the demo. And Churro, since he went to E three, actually got to try out the demo. So Churro, what, what did you think of the demo? I think it was awesome. I mean, when you read about like flow motion. And you know how people describe it to you. It's like mm-hmm. very different than actually playing it. It's like you have to play it to believe it. You know, like for me, what's, it's like what's it like? Would you say it's more like maybe Kingdom Hearts Two reaction commands, where you press a button and then it just starts, or would you say it's more like maybe Assassin's Creed, where you're actually constantly controlling it? Uh, it's it's a little mixture of both. I mean, you press okay. a button to start it, then you can actively control it as you're going. I mean, you press the okay. Y button to start it, and then you tap it again to get another burst, and then if you're near like a railing or a lamppost mm-hmm. or a wall, it would a- automatically react to it, and it'll you know if you're next to a wall, it'll kick off, and you'll gotcha. gain a burst of speed, and then you can hit the attack button to deal you know a, you know high power to you know, attack for either yeah. Sora or Riku. So, so it's controlled by by the Y button, and basically, depending on where you are, depends on what happens. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can you can do it from like if you're in an open area. I mean, you can you know hit you can jump and hit Y to to start it off, and then you can hit it again to go, and then and then after that, you know, if you're not near anything, it'll just end itself, and you have to you oh. know hit the ground before you can jump up and do it again. So I mean, it's it's nothing you could do like from standing still because if you hit wire yeah. standing still, you'll block. Or if you're running and hit it, you'll dodge roll. But if you hit it again after you dodge roll, that's when it'll start off again. So. Gotcha, gotcha. So would you say that's like the highlight of the gameplay so far is flow motion? Would you say that's like the biggest game changer for uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D? Oh, definitely, because each Kingdom Hearts game had something new to bring to the table. Yeah. I mean, Breath by Sleep had, you know, shot locks, you know. Yeah. And this flow motion is going to make it so much, you know, better. It makes the act, it makes the fighting seem more fast-paced rather than, you know, walk up to the enemy or and then use an attack or magic yeah. or something. This is, it brings the, you know, you bring the fight to them rather than the fight brings to you, so. that's That sounds really awesome. I'm excited for that. That's definitely been, like, like the one feature I've been most excited for is the flow motion because like a lot of times you'll see in cutscenes like how cool it is when like they'll be running on walls and doing all kinds of crazy stuff but in the gameplay you never really get to do that but now yeah. you can yeah because like when you watch <laughs> when you watch the trailers you know you'll see somebody else doing it and you're like well yeah. then when you do it yourself it's like I mean I, I remember I spent a whole like. I played I played a Sora and I pretty much spent the whole time just like flow machine everywhere just to get the feel of it because it does <laughs> it does get a little too fast. Yeah. And if you're in an area a small area with like that's not wide open, then yeah. you know, you're gonna have some difficulty because sometimes the camera has to catch up to you know to the character you know and if there's too you know if you're in a small corridor it's gonna be difficult to. You know, yeah. see all enemies while you're flow motion. That's one of the problems I had was just, just that if you're in an enclosed area and there's a lot of dream eaters going around, you're trying to use it. You, most of the time, you're gonna miss gotcha. the enemy. So. so, 
Churro's pro tip, use flow motion wisely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. If you're in a closet, don't just no, don't start running on the walls. <laughs> you got to just got to bump your head. Yourself. <laughs> I, awesome. I, I think the second biggest feature for me was you know the drop system. Even though a lot of people have said yeah. it was a pain in the butt, but how how did you feel about it? Because yeah, like I heard from people, it's 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 been best described as a troll. Basically, in the middle of the action when you're doing something, oh, nope, you're a Riku now. Oh, nope, you're a Sora now. <laughs> you know, it just throws you in and out. I mean, how did that feel? Was that okay? Did you like it? Was it, it interesting? <laughs> Well, I mean, it only had one world to play through it as, and it's okay. like, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of different reactions when you play the game, the whole game itself, but yeah. I think, I mean, for that one world I played, it kind of fit in, you know, like, it, once you start, once the timer starts counting down, like, from 30, because mm-hmm. you haven't, you know, a, like, an ample amount of time, unless you collect items to increase the, ga- the gauge more, yeah. um, once it reaches the 30-second uh countdown you're just like trying to struggle to find something to you know keep it longer but since yeah. this was a demo there's really nothing there to extend it so you just have to let it go exactly. so and but i do like the switch because you know because both sora and riku have different styles of yeah gameplay and you can actually experience it and for me i actually got farther with riku's story than sora's parts because like, wow because like <laughs> i was able to beat Riku's story almost in one go versus Sora where I got lost a couple of times where I had to drop out into Riku's story for a bit but yeah. as well as controlling both characters I found myself more comfortable controlling Riku than Sora because when you control Riku, Riku you know, wields a keyblade with one hand and he's more yeah. of a, a speed type of so you'd uh, say character. he controls more like uh, maybe Ventus from Birth by Sleep? Yeah, ca- ex- almost exactly like Ventus. While Sora, oh, awesome. you know, wields it with two hands, he's more like a slower kind of like uh, attacker. Yeah, kind of like Terra. I mean, just when you play as... Like, for me, yeah. I kept... Every time I, the funny thing was is that every time I was playing Sora, I would purposely switch to Riku, just so I can... Because <laughs> I'm used to Riku's, you know, so style. Fast, yeah. yeah. Interesting. You wouldn't expect that because Riku seems like the big burly guy, and you think he'd play more like, more like Terra, but no, he's the he's the fast guy. Well, not only that, I mean, I mean, you know, Sora's the main character, and it's like you yeah. always play as Sora. You know, this you know this is a, True. actually the third time you play as Riku if you count Kingdom Hearts two at the end. Yep. I mean, you don't really play as him. I mean, it's kind of nice that how Riku still has his you know dark powers. Mm-hmm. You know. For his abilities that they yeah. that they give you in the demo, that's awesome. Now I know you didn't get to play too much of it, but what did you think about when when the drop gauge happens? How do you feel? You know the story works out. You know, do you, does it feel like it, it blends very well when it drops, or yeah. do you feel lost when it drops? It really depends on where the characters are. I mean, if you okay. if you start the demo exactly from the beginning, because when yeah. you start it, because when they um. Take when the Skoranek staff resets the the demo, you can either choose between Sora and Riku. And if you choose Sora uh-huh. first, you'll see um, st- from Sora's point of view. Then when you drop, the game will start from Riku's point of view at the very beginning. So gotcha. it flows pretty well because you know they both end up at this. They're in the same world, but they're at different points of the of the world map. So awesome. they experience you know the same story going on at two different times. Awesome. So, so it that's... just it just flows pretty well. It's kind of like. Kind of like Chain of Memories, how you know yeah. Sora starts from the top, from the bo- uh, I think it was the top, mm-hmm. and he goes down, and Sora starts from the bottom. I mean, Riku starts from the bottom and goes upward. So it's kind of like, 
kind so of it's like, like that, that story. Well, it's kind of interesting because Chain of Memories was the same thing where the storylines were going at the same time, except it's different because in Chain of Memories, you played through the entire storyline of one character first, and then you play through the other one second. Well, this time, exactly they're mixing like that, it together. Except they just throw in the drop gods, you know, and yeah. allow people to experience both. Trying to, they're, they're trying to make it so that it's happening at the same time. I think that's what they're trying to do yeah. with the This is actually the, the first time that they've done that way because in Chain of Memories and in Birth by Sleep, well, I mean, in Birth by Sleep you could have done it if you wanted to. If you wanted to play as Ventus for a while and then decide to go play as Aqua for a while, you could. But it didn't really, I don't know, that wasn't, for most people that wasn't the best way to play it. Oh, I, but, mean, I mean, I think that's what they're, I mean, I think that's one of the things they wanted to do. I mean, Birth by Sleep, you know, you had three characters to play as, and I think when they looked at that, they were like, "Well, why don't we but, put something in there that allows us to switch characters yeah. on the, you know, in, the during the game?" Rather so than would you say a, that this? Um, would you say that this story is better for the the drop gauge system? Because I mean, I know when Namora was billing Birth by Sleep, he was saying, "Oh no, you should play through each story separately, all through one go." Do you think this story is better written for, you know, switching on the fly in mind? Do you think it's... Oh, oh definitely. I mean, yeah. it's just... It keeps it keeps the things fresh. I mean, like, when you, you know, we were playing Asura, then your time is up and you switch to Riku. It's like... It's kind of like playing, like, you know, two separate characters, two separate storylines at one time, rather than playing one whole story, restarting it back to the beginning, and then playing yeah. it through that one. It's You're getting two stories, you know, continuously, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's good. So, overall, you'd say the demo was a success? You really it was. enjoyed it? I enjoyed it very much. I mean, it's... Awesome. Actually, at one point, I played the demo for for full 45 minutes with the 3D <laughs> on. Oh, Really? How was it? The 3D actually was pretty nice. I mean, you. I mean, I didn't really like the 3D on 3DS mainly because yeah. I get headaches. Yeah, for a short period of time. But I was I, I didn't realize because when I first got my hands on the demo on the first mm-hmm. day, it was it was set on 3D mode and I was just playing it. And then when I looked over to the switch, it said 3D was on. So oh. I, when I turned <laughs> it off, I'm like, there's you know there's very little difference between when it's on and off. That's why yeah. I guess it didn't really affect me that much. But when I, the 3D was on, it worked really well. It blended in. So it's like a, a light 3D yeah. effect. That's good. I mean, it'll, it'll be there, but it really yeah. depends on what how you feel. For me, I didn't have a problem with it, which was a, a really good thing. Because I actually want, that was one of the things I was looking forward to when this game was announced, was the 3D-ness of this game. Awesome. Well, that, that really does sound awesome. So I'm excited to finally play it. Uh, I looked at my phone earlier today. It says as of today, it's 44 days until it releases in uh, in North America. So Not only that, we're going to get a <laughs> demo. Here. I mean, they confirmed there's going to come to the there's eShop. There's going to be a demo, demo soon, so hopefully, hopefully that comes soon. And not only that, they confirmed that you, you'll be able to buy the game digitally on the eShop, so if yeah. you don't have That's it pre-ordered, you can awesome. just download it right from the your Nintendo 3DS. That'll be a big decision to make for people who either want just the game or you know, they maybe want they want the Mark of Mastery or, you know. Which is also pretty good because this is the first time Kingdom Hearts is ever available for a digital download. Yeah, this is the first game ever, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the next segment of our E3 wrap-up. So we just covered basically everything Square decided to, to show <laughs> for KH3D. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is basically Churro's top three E3 experiences, because a lot of them were 
Kingdom Hearts related. So let's. Well, why don't you uh, tell us what, what were some of your best E3 experiences? Did you meet anyone in particular? <laughs> I think with number three, it was meeting um, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, the voice really? actors for The Last of Us, and 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 of course I got Troy Baker to say Steel Guard for Steel me. Steel Guard. <laughs> he, was like, he was like Steel Guard. I was like, yeah, and then that made awesome. Ashley laugh so <laughs> loud. So I was like, I thought it was funny. So that was like number three right there, because you know, like ever since. Final Fantasy Thirteen, you know, I've been a fan of Troy Baker. That's like the only thing I remember him as, and then from yeah. there, I'm able to recognize his voice in any game he plays now. Yeah, so That's awesome, so cool, Troy Baker, and and then I think tied for number three would be unknowingly I was listening to Kyle Landry play Dearly <laughs> Beloved. Yes, at the indie at the IndieCade section of the convention center, there's. I was like actually sitting down, charging mm-hmm. my you know my iPad and my iPhone because I was yeah constantly tweeting and all that and I heard first I heard uh, him play the Mortal Kombat theme then it switched to Skyrim's theme on the violin then to the Final Fantasy theme and then finally to Dearly Beloved when I heard Dearly Beloved play I got up and I walked over (laughs) around the curtain and I saw them playing Dearly Beloved and I was like I just started recording and like everybody was telling me this is this is it's Kyle Landry. I'm like really. I'm like they didn't have anything sh- you know telling yeah. us it was Kyle Landry or anything. So I was kind of surprised that it didn't have any signs or anything. I was like, yeah. For those I would have known that I would have been like oh my god it's Kyle yeah. Landry. <laughs> For those of you who don't know Kyle Landry has been featured on many a Kingdom Hearts Union podcast in our music segment. He's like the like beast of YouTube piano cover playing. Like, this guy is just insanely good. Like, ha- I mean, how did you think of his playing? I mean, you didn't know it was Kyle Landry, but just I thought it was just it. beautiful. I mean, the piano mixed with, with two violin players. Because I, I love I love violins, you know. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite instruments. And just hearing the violins, the two violin violinists yeah. play mixed with the piano, just I thought it was just beautiful. It was awesome. It brought tears to my eyes. And not only uh, was Kyle Landry there, but a couple uh, episodes ago, I think two episodes ago, we had a a girl violinist named Lara play. Um, oh well, she she was playing piano in in our podcast, but she played uh, Simple and Clean and uh, Hikari on the piano. She was up there as well playing the violin. So we had two people that were featured in our music segment at E3 playing video game music. That's I mean, we're not going to take credit, of course, but <laughs> that's pretty awesome. But it was it was actually really nice. You know, they had the stage to the right, on to the left, you had like a little bar area, and then you had stools yeah. and tables so people can just, you know, chill out and watch them perform and listen to it, and actually it was yeah. pretty nice. It was... You know, it you was know, like I, my it was like my favorite place to go to. Yeah. Like whenever I was, you know, had to take a break from experiencing E three. You know, it's just sit there, nice to sit around and just listen to play the video game music yeah. on. I thought it was kind of ironic though, because they're they're playing at the Nvidia booth, and Kingdom Hearts has never been rendered by any Nvidia technology ever. <laughs> so, well, actually, it was yeah, just a no, big surprise. Never. So yeah, that's pretty pretty awesome, Churl. And then, uh, what would you say your your number two? Experience from E3 was number two. Huh. This is this is a lot of number twos. Um, what uh, what would going to video games live count as that? Because that was an E3 show. Yeah. So how'd you how'd you like video games live? It was it was my first first time going, and 
and I knew they they would always play Kingdom Hearts, you know, the Hikari orchestrated there, but unfortunately they didn't. But to make up for it, they did debut Skyrim scene, which I absolutely loved. They did Journey. Um, they did they awesome. for the first time they did the Pokemon theme, which was actually oh, awesome. And then like during the Pokemon theme, they had like cosplayers come out on stage and throw like big giant inflatable Pokeballs out in the crowd, <laughs> and so we we're just doing that and That's awesome. They had um man, it's they had they had a lot of guests. They had um Lindsay Sterling, they had uh Flute Link up there, they had <laughs> the guy from the band Toto, they played they had him play Hold the Line during the Guitar Hero Challenge. Oh, um, awesome. they had Akira, I can't remember his last name, Akira something, he Akira was the composer. Yamaoka? Yeah, he was the yeah. he made a special guest appearance like at the very end, like at the last song. He's then you awesome. had a uh, Viking Jesus. He was there as well. <laughs> I was at the meet and greet with them, and he turns out he was a very big Kingdom Hearts fan. And wow, it was awesome. You know him telling me that. You know I hooked him up with a couple of Kingdom Hearts stickers. And sweet. Hopefully he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And speaking of Kingdom Hearts, your number one experience. This is like my favorite. It's like there's, there's three parts to this. So the okay. first part was I was chilling out in the front of the uh, Square Enix booth um, where Kingdom Hearts 3D demo booth was, and um, they were recording Tai Yasui. You know, they were inter- Robert Peel was interviewing him, and then um, after the interview, me, Tony from Kingdom Hearts Insider, and Cecily from Kingdom Hearts Insider as well, we all had a group photo with Tai Yasui, which was, you know, he is the co-director of Kingdom Hearts 3D. So pretty much Nomura's right hand man. Yeah. So you know that's it was a good experience to get a photo amazing. with him to talk and he's to him. Also, wasn't he like the battle director on a lot of uh, a lot of Kingdom I th- Hearts games? I think so. I think yeah. he was. So, a uh, Kingdom Hearts bigwig. So King Churo got to meet Taiyasu. That's pretty amazing. And then what else? What and else then, happened? Like literally about like ten minutes later, they brought out this huge like this is like right when the exhibit floor was closing. They closed at I think at six, and this was like five fifty five. They brought out this huge like Kingdom Hearts cake, and it said like Kingdom Hearts tenth anniversary on there. And then like they, then they brought out a Final Fantasy twenty fifth anniversary cake. And what I learned from one of my friends at Square Enix is the marketing coordinator. I think he was telling me that oh yeah, we're gonna have this big after party, you know, that's, you know, private, we're going to show off something new, we're going to celebrate, you know, the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy and 10th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts, he's like, you should stop by. So, okay, so, me, I was waiting with a friend of mine, Olivia, also known as Score Enix Gal, who does a lot of Kingdom Hearts, you know, translations from Fumitsu, Dengenki, the yeah. Altaminias, you know, one of the best out there, she's a great person, but, um, so what happened was, is that we are waiting you know, for them to, you know, kick everybody out of the exhibit floor, and, um, so security wanted to kick us out, so I had to go find my friend to let us stay, and, um, <laughs> what happened was he introduced us to the events manager, he gave me his card, and he told me, go wait outside in the exhibit floor, find one of our staff there, and let them know that you want to be in there, and, like, if they don't let you in, call me, and I'll personally bring you both in, so That's they let amazing. us in, and um, we were, you know, we were, yeah, they had like little, you know, they had drinks, little food there, you know, it was a little after party. For After about about half an hour, that's when um, the CEO of Square Enix in North America took the stage, you know, introduced, you know, just talked about, you know, Square Enix's, you know, what's going on with Square Enix, and then Yuichi Wada took the stage with Tai Usui. Wow. That's when they um, talked about the 10th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts, followed by cake cutting. 
of cake. you know the Kingdom Hearts cake. Then they did the same thing with Final Fantasy, and then from there, that's when they debuted uh, Agnes Philosophy Final oh, Fantasy awesome tech demo. That's awesome. You got to see that. Yeah, and like it's like I mean, it was just me and you know Olivia, you know, sitting around just big press names. You know, you had like big press sites like IGN. You had like Fimitsu was there too, wow. just reporting reporting all of this. You know, we're just like. It was almost like yeah. getting along there, pretty much, because like you had to get like pressed, you had to be invited personally by Square Enix just to be at this after party. And so this is like a once in a lifetime experience. Exactly, you get to be with all the big wigs, even all even the- Imperial Hot Mister Yochiwada. Yeah, <laughs> Yochiwada and Taisui, you know, just being around them, you know, it's it was just amazing. Just being able to say I was at a Square Enix private after party, you know, just. It was one yeah. of the best things. Like I couldn't even imagine. You know, I couldn't even believe it was real. You know, I was really here. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we went to dinner with a couple of Square Enix North American staff to like a Korean barbecue place. You know, it was really nice. You know, it was just it was it was like an opportunity to meet and greet with them. You know, finally. Yeah. Doing something with you know the staff. You know, it's actually it was it was pretty awesome. You know, it was it was just. Yeah, you know, being able to you know have have dinner with you know Square Enix staff is just truly amazing. You know, I gotta you know thank Robert Peeler. I gotta thank Eric So for you know inviting us there. You know, it was just it was just great times. That one whole first day of E3 was just good times all around. That is amazing, Churro. Wow, that is so cool. So at some point we're gonna have to <laughs> see if we can use your contacts. See if we can uh, sucker somebody into coming on the podcast at some point. Would that be cool? Uh, I mean, I got a couple of people in mind. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can get something set up. All right. So our last bit of our E3 wrap up segment is we're going to discuss what is next for Square. So speaking of Agni's philosophy, and if you haven't seen Agni's philosophy, pause the podcast immediately. Go on YouTube and. Uh, Type in Agni's Philosophy Tech Demo and prepare for your mind to be blown because this is a beautiful uh, technical demonstration of basically Square Enix's next-gen game engine. So even though PS4 and Xbox 720 were not announced, the engines that will be driving these consoles have been announced and these games look amazing. So... If you're going to watch it, make sure you're sitting down. Yeah, be s- sit down, watch it in HD. Um, put put it in full salty. screen. Put your speakers up and <laughs> just just prepare yourself. Just watch. <laughs> your body. Well, you can't really prepare yourself because your body will never be ready for this deck tech demo because it's just so pretty. Well, make sure well, you have somebody else in the room too to make to yeah, wake someone you else up. in the room just in case. Don't look directly at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, okay. So now that you've thoroughly enjoyed yourself and watched the tech demo. Um, speaking of also the direction of Square Enix, I just want to have this as this uh, have like a, a quote to set the stage. Basically, Yochiwata had an interview with Famitsu about the Luminous Studio tech demo, and basically what he had to say is that he hopes to invest in what he refers to as games with a backbone, the kinds of games that he wants to play. These types of games are risky, but if you don't invest in them, you won't be able to take on the world. And 
for a closing message to Japanese fans, what Wada said is, what I fear is that people will stop anticipating things from Japanese game companies. We want Japanese game players to have greater expectations of Japanese game companies. We'll devote our full power into making this happen. So, wow. <laughs> that, that, that is a big, strong quote right there. <laughs> so, I mean, Yochi Wada is pretty famous for putting his foot in his mouth. So if this doesn't come to be, this will turn into him putting his foot in the mouth, foot in his mouth. But if this is truly what he's saying and what he's going to do, if this is the direction for Square Enix, this is a pretty big like declaration of war or something so amazing. Because wow, I never expect Yochi Wada to say something so bold because he usually plays things very safely uh, when it comes to saying anything about Square. Well, I mean, especially what they showed off with the tech demo, I mean, it's what pretty the amount of, amazing. I mean, especially, I mean, I think one of the biggest things about the tech demo was the amount of editing they can do in real time without having, yeah. you know, to having to do it and then go back. They can do it as they're making it, edit yeah. it, and, and it then looks, continue as it is. That it looks, was like the biggest selling point for me was yeah. to be able to do that, which cuts a, a lot of editing time begin with and from yeah. what i heard it took about a, a year to make that tech demo from that using that engine yeah definitely so it definitely takes a while but the good news we can say is when it comes to making an engine and for those of our listeners that don't really know what a game engine is basically a game engine is all the software in the background that you don't necessarily look at uh, in a game. It's basically everything that handles putting graphics on the screen. Uh, It could be like your menu system. It could be uh, your battle system. What really takes a long time in a game development is making the engine because the engine is basically the tools for making the game. It's not the game itself. It's just the tools to make it. Once you have a game engine, then the game development process is just making content for the game. You know, writing the story, you know, making character models. You know, you have a battle engine, so now let's make battles for it. You have a lighting system, so let's make pretty cutscenes that use the lighting system. So when it comes to game development, it's not like traditional, you know, development of like a console where you already have tools to make it, like hammers and nails and stuff. This is like, inventing the hammer and inventing the nail every time you make a game. So that that's basically what Luminous Studio is. These, these are the tools that people are going to use to make games for Square now. So you can't really take Agni's philosophy to necessarily be a game, but it's like... I really hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, because it looks cool. But it's more of a demonstration of all the hammers and nails that they have built for themselves. So... But yeah, that's basically what it is. And that really does take a long time. Whereas animation and lighting, it does take a long time, but not as long. Because they have like a really big, talented team, and they'll take care of that. So I'm excited. So true. With what Yochiwara said about, you know, he wants, he says he wants to make games with a backbone. Is this what fans have been waiting for? What do you think is going to come out of this? Just like you said, it's what fans have been waiting for. I mean, this is the guy that didn't want to make new IPs just to play yeah. it safe, to make sequels. And I guess with 13.2 and all the shenanigans that went on with that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Fabio think. Nova Crystallis. Yeah. I think they're finally realizing that, you know, we want the old the Square Enix of old again you know we don't want you know a new Square Enix you know we want them to go back to you know what they were known for for their mm-hmm. you know Final Fantasy games and all that so hopefully with this tech demo 
being released in the amount of t- short I mean the amount of time it's put into this new engine hopefully now their games can be you know what everybody you know yeah. wanted back then so I'm I'm definitely excited for it now just to sort of steer this a little bit towards Kingdom Hearts let me just set the stage a little bit for what what this could mean for Kingdom Hearts so let me just point out a couple things about Kingdom Hearts, the state of the game right now. So the next game we know for sure is going to be Kingdom Hearts 3. And um, actually there was an interview that Robert Peeler did with uh, Taiyasue. It might have been the one you witnessed happening. Taiyasue, who by the way speaks English, (laughs) I didn't even know that, he specifically used the words Kingdom Hearts 3. He did not back away and say the next Kingdom Hearts. He did not say some console game. He used the words... Kingdom Hearts 3. So it may not be officially announced, but internally they know Kingdom Hearts 3, it's coming. So we know this thing's going to happen. And, and he wants Pixar in it too. <laughs> and yeah, he'd like Pixar to be in it. Now he, he's not the guy who makes the say, but he wants to. In his, in his personal opinion, and his favorite yeah. one would be Toy Story. So <laughs> that's I totally agree. But yeah, so like, like I was saying, so Kingdom Hearts 3 definitely coming down the pipeline. It's going to be the next Kingdom Hearts game. We're pretty sure about that. Next thing to point out is that, yeah. Next thing to point out is the Versus team, which is the the real Kingdom Hearts team that's been busy so long. They have been working so hard on making their engine for Final Fantasy Versus 13 with the idea of using it for Kingdom Hearts 3. I'd like to point out that the lighting engine in Versus is Luminous Studio. Huh? Uh-oh. As in Lu- <laughs> yeah. As in Luminous Studio that is the new engine. Now, it's only part of it, so I don't know. To me it seems like okay, so there's a, you know, we have this next gen engine. We need to make a game with it so it's worth money cuz the engine alone doesn't make you money, especially if you don't license it out. Mm-hmm. They have Kingdom Hearts 3 ready. Like as like story wise like it's ready to be made it's not being made but it's it's as much you can do without starting production i thought it was all in namora's head still <laughs> well it's in namora's head but i mean he wrote kingdom hearts 3d as in like a setup so the story is set up to be made i mean so this is about as much as you can do without actually formally producing the game and the kingdom hearts team is at least halfway used to at least part of Luminous Studio, because they know the lighting engine, because they're using it. Now, the difference is, this would be using it on the PS3 versus using it on a PS4 or a Xbox 720. Hopefully, it doesn't go Xbox, but just pointing that out that, you know, probabilistically, it seems like this is, like, the the most likely game, in my opinion, that could be made with Luminous Studio. It's ready. It's ready. So, you think, you think it's possible, Churro, that Kingdom Hearts 3 could be... A next-gen game? I think so. <laughs> I mean, with the amount of... I mean, if we don't get anything about Versus at TGS, then we're yeah. in for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. that I would say that's going to be the do-or-die is going to be how long Versus takes because, you know, they're yeah, the team I that's going to make it. I mean, whenever Nemours is soon, it usually means a couple more years. Yeah, for, for sure. All righty. Well, we'll just leave you with that. So that's been our E3 wrap-up. We're going to move on into burning question. So our burning question for from last week was basically, if you could rename any Kingdom Hearts game, what would you rename it? And we've had several uh, creative uh, 
retitlings of our Kingdom Hearts game. So let's uh, let's cover uh, the first one. So first one comes from Bearer of Darkness, and Bearer of Darkness says, "I would rename Kingdom Hearts Recoded to Kingdom Hearts Recycled Ideas to try and generate more profit." <laughs> That's actually pretty clever. I like that. It's, that hits it the nail on the head. It. That hits the nail on the head. Yeah, that basically describes recoded perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> I mean, it did give us, you know, people outside of Japan a chance to try what yeah. recoded. But after Planet, you're just like... But honestly, like, recoded, if you were to squeeze out all the original content in it, you'd get me... That's maybe like... 20% of the game if you're lucky. <laughs> no, 10 actually. <laughs> yeah, 10%. So, not not much, but yeah, I mean it's not a bad game, but no, you know, no, it's not no, but terribly new. <laughs> but Bear of Darkness, I salute you for that because that was awesome. Yeah. Sure, right. let's go with the next one from our this favorite from guy. Our favorite guy is back. Waldo Lang Snitzeldong. <laughs> he writes, he would rename Chain of Memories to A House of Cards Divided. He would rename Birth by Sleep to Dr. Zaynard or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Darkness. And he would rename 358 over two days to Dazed and Confused. <laughs> Another set of very accurate uh, descriptions. <laughs> I love Birth by Sleep. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually kind of like the idea of uh, of Chain of Memories. A House of Cards Divided it really makes a lot of sense because the game is divided into two parts, and it's a game about cards. So mm-hmm. really, uh, I, I, was, I like that one. That was pretty clever. That was that, I have to admit, that was really good. I mean, I don't think I could ever come up with something like that. Yeah, that's a really good one. All right, so speaking of lists of games that you want to rename, Skylar127's basically renamed all of them, so... <laughs> Let's go through this list. Uh, he would rename Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts Simple and Clean for now. <laughs> he would rename Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts Yu-Gi-Oh! Edition. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories card system is as complicated as Yu-Gi-Oh! It's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kingdom Hearts 2, he'd rename Kingdom Hearts the triangle button and you. Bam! I like that one. <laughs> that is t- so true. Kingdom Hearts three five eight over two days. Kingdom Hearts the Sea Salt Massacre. <laughs> that that would make a good movie. <laughs> that would that'd make a scary movie. I think. Let's see. Um, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. The predictable mystery. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think Birth by Sleep was that predictable. It was It was somewhat predictable, but... I mean, there was predictable elements to it, but it, I thought overall it was pretty... pretty well, well, if you played all the games, you would actually understand, you know, how yeah, it goes. Yeah, I guess Because so. it, is, it is the prequel that leads up to everything, so you would kind of have an idea how everything yeah. was, so... I guess I guess Birth by Sleep has a little bit of that uh, prequelitis where you know what's going to happen, kind of like when you watch uh, the first three Star Wars films and you're like, I know he becomes Darth Vader. What am I wasting my time watching this for? <laughs> you just <laughs> want to see how it all transcribes. Yeah, but I think Birth by Sleep did come with a sufficient amount of uh, plot twists, especially at the yeah, end. Ex- so it's well, not like which was good because it saved it from being too predictable. Yeah, it's not like he becomes Darth Vader. The end. <laughs> it's. It's a little bit better than that. All right, so he also says Kingdom Hearts coded. Kingdom Hearts, what's taking verses so long? <laughs> and you can you can immediately tell that he's just like, okay, this is this is this making is too much this chronological sense. <laughs> and Kingdom Hearts 3D, 
Kingdom Hearts WTF, which he says means wasting time freely. <laughs> which is actually pretty good. That was yeah. clever, because after playing the, the 3D demo, it's, it's a good way to waste some time freely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All righty. So, Churro, how about you go with uh, this next one? This is from Jim Extreme, and he writes, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days should have been called something like Kingdom Hearts Another Side. That would have been actually cooler than and more relevant title. I, like, a million percent agree, is that Kingdom Hearts Another Side makes perfect sense because, to me, when Kingdom Hearts truly became a franchise was the second I watched Deep Dive. Like, that video just blew my mind and made me so excited for Kingdom Hearts and the future of it. I never understood why they didn't call, you know, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days something like another side, another story, something like that, because that game covers that story, and that was such a cool thing to be associated with. Why did they ruin it? (laughs) And that's, you know, that's where the basis of those secret endings came from. Exactly. That's the first thing you see when it starts playing. Exactly. The deep dive battle happens in 358 over two days. It's... Ah, it's square. just wise. <laughs> why no more of why? Ah, well, anyways, I totally agree with you, Jim Extreme. I would say Kingdom Hearts Another Side, perfect. It's nice and short and sweet. Uh, the only other thing I could think of would maybe be Kingdom Hearts Another Side, Another Story, or Kingdom Hearts Deep Dive, but either way, anything that associates it with those two amazing secret endings, I totally 100% agree with. So, good job. Good job. All right, so the burning question for the next show will, I'm sure, is going to be a spicy one because a lot of people are going to have a lot of opinions about this. Is if Kingdom Hearts three turns out to be a next gen game, so we don't know if it will be, but if it does, what do you think the next generation of consoles has to offer for Kingdom Hearts three? So that's going to be a an interesting subject to discuss. I know we've said before that we don't think Kingdom Hearts needs to be a next-gen game, and I still don't think it needs to be a next-gen game. I'd be much more pleased with a polished PS3, Kingdom Hearts 3. But if they have to, you know, what do you, what do you think the next-gen can do for Kingdom Hearts 3 that it, you know, PS3 can't, I guess? Well, so. I mean, what if what if they decided to do both? To put one on the PS3 for the PS3 people? Oh, boy. On the next one. <laughs> no, that... I would say that at that point, then you're going to get a fan um, uh, storm of rage because, well, you know, remember what happened with just, you know, Final Fantasy 13 going to the PS3 and the Xbox 360. That's just a port of a game that pissed somebody off. Well, this I would be like two I'm different more versions. like saying PS3 and the PS4. You know, what if they yeah. did it for both consoles? I mean, especially with the new engines that they're making. Yeah. I mean, they're saying that it could be working on both the PS3 and the next generation. I mean... So it's like, yeah, well, parts of, parts of it definitely can because Versus is using the lighting engine, so at least some of it can be used. Well, we all know that the engine they use for Kingdom Hearts isn't going to be extremely like that realistic, like how Versus is going to be. Yeah. You know, they still got to have that cartoony feel with you know Kingdom exactly. Hearts. So we all know that it could probably we'll possibly work out. We'll have to see. All right, that'll be up to our fans. You guys will decide. What does the next generation of consoles have to offer for Kingdom Hearts 3 if it ends up on a next generation console? All right, so now we're going to move on to our question segment. And again, all these people will be winning lovely Kingdom Hearts stickers. And the first question comes from Ultima Kingdom Hearts Fanboy. And Ultima Kingdom Hearts Fanboy asks, If there is another game to be announced that's not Kingdom Hearts 3... 
and it is Birth by Sleep Volume 2, and development is delayed, will this also delay Kingdom Hearts 3? If it was intended to release... <coughs> excuse me. If it was intended to be released before Kingdom Hearts 3, should they skip over it, and should they finish Kingdom Hearts 3 first? Hmm. Well... Technically, Kingdom Hearts 3 was never announced, so it couldn't... Yeah. <laughs> the development hasn't started yet, so technically it wouldn't be delayed. I mean, yeah, Nomura has stated already that, that Birth by Sleep Fallen 2 it was not going to get made because the, the Osaka team is currently busy with other projects. Yeah. So, so They'll probably make it, but it'll be later. I don't think Birth by Sleep Volume 2 is going to relate too much to Kingdom Hearts 3, honestly, because... It's still in that prequel format. Yeah, it's so. in that prequel format. There, I would say, if anything, they might use Birth by Sleep Volume Two to introduce you to the next series. Maybe it like, could be. I mean, it could. I mean, you could finally showcase saga. a lot of you know what Aqua did. Yeah, I would say that would make it appropriate because then, because a lot of times when it comes to sequels, that like they when they move to a new story arc, a lot of the problem in the story is trying to tie it back to the old story, if it's something that happened to Aqua while she was in the World of Darkness before Kingdom Hearts even happened, that would sort of tie it into the main franchise and not you know not make it feel like it's just tacked on. So mm-hmm. I think it would be a good opportunity to use Birth by Sleep Volume 2 to do that. But, you know, let's say hypothetically, let's say Birth by Sleep Volume 2, you can't can't play Kingdom Hearts 3 without it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but just not the case. I would, say, I, mean, I would say, nah, just release Kingdom Hearts 3. Be done with it. I say yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3D, you know, whatever Birth by Sleep Volume 2 is, I think Kingdom Hearts 3D is sufficiently enough backstory for Kingdom Hearts 3. And I'll, I'll well, st- that's, stick with that's that. exactly what the plan was in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, that was the whole point. <laughs> I mean, so. if anything, Birth by Sleep Volume 2 would, I mean, like I said, it's just, I think it's going to be something totally different. It's, yeah. if he, if Nomura's not going to go through and make it now, then it's going to be, he's, he's probably going to change it up than yeah. what it originally was when it was shown in Final Mix, so. Exactly. He probably has other plans for it. Alrighty. So, Churro, you want to take the next question? Mm-hmm. This is from Mexel, and they write, Do you think Square Enix should discover other franchises such as Disgaea, more Final Fantasy, or even maybe even anime? If so, what series would be your number one choice? What characters would come from the series and why? Ooh, this is tough. I honestly don't think they should add franchises outside of Square Enix. So, I would say Disgaea is out, and... Basically, all anime is out. I guess you could sort of indirectly tie Full Metal Alchemist into it, but I don't think that would make Kingdom Hearts better. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before that, you know, right now Kingdom Hearts has a good balance because, you know, it's kind of like that chocolate and peanut butter mixture where uh, Disney gives you a sweet sort of story, whereas, you know, Final Fantasy, I guess you could say, is a salty story, you know. But if you add in anime that's like a you know, a hard anime like Full Metal Alchemist. Um, that's it's only going to make it. You know, the the characters are not going to blend together well. There's no harmony there. Whereas there's harmony when it comes to Kingdom Hearts and Disney and Final Fantasy there. So I don't I don't think they should. But if I had to choose, mm, uh, I would say more Final Fantasy, and I'd say uh, probably some more characters from FF7, maybe FF8. Maybe Renoa give Squall or give Leon a love interest just to troll the fan fanboys I mean, and fangirls. <laughs> I mean more Final Fantasy is always better. Just like you said, it just wouldn't blend well. I mean they're already used to using Final Fantasy and now yeah. with Kingdom Hearts three D they got their won't ends with you. I mean if they could take a yeah. look at other their 
their own titles that they used in the past, kind of like mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. Chrono Trigger would, would be think, awesome. I think they would, you know, do a lot better than using an outside franchise or yeah, just, an anime. It wouldn't make I sense. Mean, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, I mean, you could probably look at the anime that Square Enix, you know, has, like Full Metal Alchemist or the Black Butler, but I think yeah. the animes would be a little too, like too you far said, out. hard on the, on the franchise yeah. already. Wouldn't make sense. All right, and the next question is from Foxscape, and Foxscape asks, If you could permanently kill off the Kingdom Hearts series, including the including the Disney and Final Fantasy characters, who would you get rid of? The Moogle. The Moogle. <laughs> no. <laughs> you kill off the Moogle, they goes all source oh. of buying stuff for Sora. No. <laughs> you would totally no. ruin the Kingdom Hearts economy. Exactly. It would be all you know, that, that, that way actually... that way Scrooge McDuck can create a monopoly and raise Thank the you. taxes and Increase the prices wow. and everything. You know that would actually make a really interesting story if Kingdom Hearts had you know you know some sort of economic basis to it. That would <laughs> be I, I think funny. that'd be kind of interesting because it would sort of ground the story a little more. So I'm, I honestly think that might not be such a bad idea. I don't know he, how he you would have kill like off a Google <laughs> charging you like low prices on like weak items, and then you go over to Scrooge McDuck. He's charging yeah. you high prices on these big, big old fancy items, and they have a little. In the war Goodness. in between, you have to decide which one you want to take, <laughs> and then like, it's if like, you it's decide like which one, kind of like a like a like, a, like a quest or something, and wow. whoever side you choose is get like a big discount for their side. Yeah, you know they could actually kind of. A, what if they included that into Kingdom Hearts three as like a side mission? You know, you either support the Moogles or you support Scrooge McDuck, and Scrooge McDuck maybe he's like Walmart and he has really low prices and and is trying to run the Moogles out of town. So I don't know. Maybe that <laughs> would be, be kind interesting. of interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> it it ma- took me it took me all night to think about which one I would kill off because I was thinking about <laughs> actually killing off like like yeah. I was gonna say Sora, but I would make a lot of fangirls unhappy so I just yeah. kind of thought what about the Moogle <laughs> the Moogle's been, every, been in <laughs> so every single Kingdom Hearts game so we might yeah. as well see what happens if, if we do that kill him, but you know who I'd want to kill off and, and not for not because I don't like them but just to end his plot line and make it feel I don't know like finished would be Sephiroth just oh, so because with Sephiroth dying that completes Cloud's story arc in Kingdom Hearts and that's going to be just like you know that final battle with Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts is going to be so epic and you know if you look at Showdown of Fate from Kingdom Hearts Final Mix and then Showdown of Fate 2 and Kingdom Hearts 2 and then you can just imagine how cool Showdown of Fate 3 with Cloud finally defeating Sephiroth you know that's going to be wow <laughs> it's going to be fun just, just like just end it now please yeah it'd be so, perfect a trilogy trilogy is perfect way to end the story exactly <laughs> and in Kingdom Hearts 3 which is supposed to be the end of the Xehanort saga I mean this is just the perfect time to kill off Sephiroth I think mm-hmm. and there's so many other final I mean if there's so many other Final Fantasy villains like Kefka for example that they could use in a future Kingdom Hearts series and maybe he's like the super difficult boss going further so I mean it's not like losing Sephiroth would mean losing your awesome optional boss it means you know completing someone's starting line they got a lot of Final Fantasy games so many Final Fantasy games games they got you know they made so the possibilities are endless I mean yeah I mean I don't really want to spoil it for Kingdom Hearts 3D, but when you fight the secret boss at Kingdom Hearts 3D, you'll be amazed of what they can use as secret bosses. Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of opportunity there. All right, and Churro, uh, can you bring up this last one? This is from Fanboy Gamer, and they write, 
Hey guys, great show. I just recently found your show and I love the KH Union. The Aww. question that I have is the one about Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. I was hoping that since the 10th anniversary, 5th for the game, was this year that they would finally brought Final Mix over to the US. Sadly, that did not happen. I, and I'm sure other KH fans as well, feel left out. Do you think that something or someone is preventing the Final Mix from reaching our shores or have they simply forgotten about us or really our voice is not reaching them? Alright, well, Fanboy Gamer, let me first say welcome to the show. I hope you're enjoying this one so far. And let me also say, I, just like with Jimmy Scream, I a million percent agree with you. Uh, one of my big sticking points for Kingdom Hearts is that I really, really love the Final Mix versions, and I really wish they would come out in America. And as far as what's keeping them from bringing it over, I would say it's more of a demand issue. I mean, Business it's side. really, yeah, it's really not that big a difference from Kingdom Hearts 2 and and I say that because I played it but also it's a you know there really isn't a platform to sell it on right now because the PS2 is going out now if they release an HD version and make that Kingdom Hearts 2 final mix then by all means that's like the best place to do it but they're going to really need to find a it's it's a very delicate thing to re-release a game especially when it's so late in the game or, or so late since it's been released um I don't think there's any reason that they shouldn't do it, though. So um, I would say the best thing we can do, since we do really want it, I would say the best thing to do is to keep bringing it up. And that's the precise reason why I included your question in the question segment is because I feel very passionately about getting uh, the Final Mix version. I have, I mean, I have the translated uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix that was done by a fan, and that's excellent, but it's not the real, it's not the real thing. I mean, for me, I mean, I imported, you know, the Final Mix games back when they came out, and... Um, they're good. They're good, but, they're like I said, <laughs> there's, like, just, I mean, if you look at the demand, like you said, Brandon, that only mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts fans want the game, which True. is True. not enough to have them, you know, translate it, you know, yeah. and all that, and re-release it on, you know, on a, con- on a exactly. console that's dying out, so... Part of the problem side, is... Part of the problem is that the way we they used to do it is they would completely re-release the whole game, and that's it, it's it's basically from a production standpoint, it costs them just as much to produce Kingdom Hearts Final Mix as it costs to produce Kingdom Hearts because they're printing the whole DVD now. It, in our current day and age, it's not as big an issue because we have DLC. So I think maybe in the future, when they get um, you know the HD releases, maybe they can release Final Mix as DLC. I would I would totally pay for that. Yeah, no, I just have to realize that when they were releasing the final mixes in Japan, they were still full price and yeah. You know, nobody wants to pay, you know, well, how full much was PS2 it. games was like what 50 bucks back 50 then? 50 bucks, yeah. Yeah, nobody I don't think a lot of people would want to spend 50 bucks on a final mix version of the game yeah. they already played. So that's one of the reasons why it didn't, you know, come over here because, you know, they know that there's not going to be enough demand and not everybody's going to pay the full price. Not only that, in, it, in the 10th anniversary issue of Kingdom Hearts f- that was featured in Famitsu, mm-hmm. they had, like, different quotes from fans around the world, and one of the quotes that was picked, the English quotes that was picked, said, are you going to be bringing the final mixes to America? Mm-hmm. So, 
you the know, word it's is not out. that what? Yeah, the word is out. So yeah, the word is know. out. But it's like, like I said, that's you know, there's there's nothing keep. I mean, there's really not that our voice is reaching them. It reached them, but it's just from a business standpoint. Yeah, it's not, not the right time. Not the right time. Yeah. So I would say the the best thing we can do because we can't change their business. We, well, we can we can change their business. We can just decide not to buy Square Enix games. But <laughs> the best thing to do from a fan's perspective, if you want it to come out, just keep bringing it up. Any public forum that you can mention it in, you know, Square Enix is probably not too far. Um, well, if you bring you can it up. Go to Square Enix's member yeah. site. Go know. to their member site. Bring it up again. I mean, I'm sure they've heard it ad nauseum over the past seven or eight years so just keep bringing it up and ten years actually <laughs> when the opportunity comes up and they're like okay we need to do an HD version maybe it'll be oh hey they've been wanting Kingdom Hearts Final Mix this is the perfect time to do it and maybe they'll do that to sweeten the deal of an HD version because one of the big things with HD version is why should I rebuy something that I've already played. Well, you should rebuy something you've already played because, one, it's in HD, and, two, it's got all this extra stuff that you've never played. So maybe that's, like, something, you know, if you bring it up, maybe that'll come up in their uh, discussions. So I think it's a good idea. incentive. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, it could happen and it couldn't happen. I mean, it's, we just don't know what the plan of action is going to be. So... We don't know, but I think we did our part here by featuring your question, and you did your part by asking the question, so it's on this podcast. I know some people from Square Enix got to listen to our podcast, so if anybody's listening from Square Enix, we do want Final Mix. Whenever you have a chance, please release it. We do love all the Final Mix versions. They are excellent. Speaking from a guy who's played them. I mean, I mean, just from another guy who's played them, the actual Japanese versions, and yeah. had to look through translation guides to it's play the game. It. <laughs> it's, it's worth it. It's worth it, but I think Square Enix is more concerned about the future of their gaming rather true, than worrying true. about I would say this is more coming from a nostalgia factor. If they ever release a re-release, do it as a mm-hmm. fun mix. All righty. Well, that brings us to the end of our question segment. Uh, we're going to be moving in our, into our music and outro. Today sort of in line with um, Deep Dive and Final Mixes and that sort of thing. (laughs) We have a special bit of music that is an arrangement of Rox's theme, Shion's theme, and another side, or you could call it Organization 13. I like calling it another side because it reminds me of Deep Dive. (laughs) And it's called Shion and Rox's theme. It's an awesome... um, and it's a, it's an awesome remix. Um, basically, it's like a trancey version of it, um, but it's also got a lot of piano in it. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And yeah, so our next show is going to be on the seventeenth of July. Yeah, that's like a day before my birthday. <laughs> yeah, so, and right around Comic Con time. So <laughs> yeah, so I'll be I mean I'll be there at Comic Con. To the San Diego Comic Con, so I'll, you know Kingdom Hearts is going to be there. So yeah, if there's anything there. new, I'll be bringing you guys the reports. Yeah, I can't imagine Cage 3D won't be there. It's got to be there. It's going to be there. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, so you guys can subscribe to us uh, to the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast on iTunes. And just search for us. We are under Kingdom Hearts. We're number one. And, of course, you can catch every episode of Kingdom Hearts Union at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Churro. KH2.co.uk. All righty. Well, it is that time again. It is our goodbye time. I hope you guys enjoyed our man-only broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this broadcast. It was brought to you the straight broadcast. by us. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, we've kind of come full circle, Churro, because I remember seven years ago when you went to Comic-Con, I interviewed you about when you went to Comic-Con. So now it's like we did it again. I interviewed you today about how you went to E3. So seven years it's later. Funny how that works, man. <laughs> it's this is, this is one of the reasons why I got into the Kingdom Hearts community because of stuff like this. I mean, it's just, yeah. you never, just like the tagline for the Kingdom Hearts, like you never know who, who you'll run, run into, into next. next. Yeah. So. All right. Well, on that sappy note, I am Brandon saying goodbye, and this has been a tweaksmusic.com and kingdomheartsunion.com production. Thank you.